What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella, which is just a very extra way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. I'm Dios FM. And I am Mala Muñoz. Locatora Radio is your prima's favorite podcast hosted by us, Mala and Diosa. We're two IG friends turned podcast partners, breaking down pop culture, feminism, sexual wellness, and offering fresh takes on trending topics through nuanced interviews with up-and-coming Latinx creatives. Known as Las Locatoras, Las Mamis of Myth and Bullshit, and Las Porcasteras Peligrosas, we were podcasting independently since 2016, but joined iHeartMedia's My Cultura Network in 2022. This year, we're continuing to share stories from the Latinx community pa todo el mundo. Welcome to Season 8. Are Are you you listening? listening? Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome to Season 8 of Locatora Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. You're tuning in to Capitulo 184-184. Last time on Locatora Radio, we interviewed Lauren Medina, founder of Guerrera Marketing and PR. We talked to her about solidarity with Palestine. Go ahead and tune into that episode. Subscribe to Locatora Radio. Leave us a review. Share with a friend and follow Locatora on all social media platforms. Yeah, so today, as always, we have kind of a deep dive into Latine media, Latino media, the current landscape. And we're going to be starting with kind of a bittersweet one. Um, But we're talking about some different Latinos that have made headlines in the last couple of weeks. For very, very, very different reasons. Extremely different reasons. Um, And so to start, we want to talk about the passing of pioneering public radio journalists, Maria Martin, who passed in Austin, Texas, at the age of 72. And for those that don't know who she is or don't know her legacy, she actually created the radio show Latino USA after leaving her post at NPR. Mandalit del Barco at NPR, she did sort of a tribute um, piece about Maria Martin. And so we're pulling a lot of this information from that NPR reporting. And something that I think is really important about her legacy is that for almost half a century, um, Maria Martin brought the voices of Latin Americans and Latinos in the United States specifically to public radio. She reported on politics, violence, and resilience of indigenous communities in Central America. And most recently, she was reporting from Guatemala. Uh, Martin was born in Mexico City and grew up in California. 
And uh, she got her start at KBBF in Santa Rosa, which was apparently the first Latino-owned community radio station in the United States. So her career with Latino radio and public media goes way, way back. She was also an editor on NPR's national show Latin File before she eventually became the network's first and only Latin American affairs editor on the national desk. What I think is so incredible about her legacy, her career, is that when you think about public radio, you think about a certain type of profile, right? Usually they're like white, Mm -hmm. they're a little nerdy, Mm -hmm. and that's all true, right? But there's also so many Latinos, people of color, working in public radio that also listen to public radio and you know just so much respect for her for opening up the doors for so many like you know without Maria Martin like there's no Maria Hinojosa right there's no Locatora there's no lots of people Mandalit right there's no there's a lot of people working in public radio or podcasting that are able to because of people like her. 100%. I mean, and quite literally um, launching Latino USA, the show, and the fact that it's been on air for decades now. 30 years this year. The number of journalists who have been employed Mm -hmm. and radio personalities who have been employed um, and whose stories have been told through that one show, that one show being a conduit for so many careers and breaking news and what have you. Absolutely. It really is cool. Um, Further, uh, more about Maria, she also trained journalists in Latin America in countries like Guatemala, Bolivia, Nicaragua, even Kyrgyzstan. And throughout the United States, she founded a nonprofit called Gracias Vida Center for Media to improve public radio coverage for Central America. And if you want to learn more about her, you can pick up her memoir. Um, Her memoir is called Crossing Borders, Building Bridges, A Journalist's Heart in Latin America. I'm definitely going to read that. Yeah, I I mean, um, we've read Maria Hinojosa, Mm -hmm. um, Once I Was You, um, and I feel like journalists have lived many, many lives and have seen a lot of things. So this is definitely also a memoir that I think like is very much worth picking up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, well, may she rest in peace. And yeah, so much gratitude for her and all the folks working in public radio, public media at this time, especially. Yeah, and like I feel like we've talked about in past episodes, like Latinos love the radio. Yes. We love radio. I mean, I think um, in the past we've talked about like AM, FM Mm -hmm. and music. Yes. Um, But public radio as well and news radio. There's a legacy. When I applied to USC, my personal statement was actually about how Latinos love radio. and And how I grew up listening to the radio and how... I was listening to not only Kiss FM, but also K-Love and the type of radio host that I grew up listening to being bilingual and, you know, being first gen. And so, yes, Latinos love radio. I want to shout out my mentor, Ines Casillas, because she wrote a book about Latinos, Latinos, migrants, and how they love the radio and how they use radio to be connected to back home, to their home countries. And so, yes, there is also research about how Latinos, Latin A, Latinx folks love radio. And so if you're interested in checking that out, like look up Ines Casillas and she has a book also. Yeah. And podcasting because Internet radio is its own thing. Mm -hmm. You can listen to like a live Internet radio broadcast. And podcasting is a different thing. It's like a cousin. Yes. You know, And, and so there's a relationship there. And then I appreciate how the public radio stations have gone on to also produce podcasts. Right. You know, there's there's overlap there. So, yeah, it's we, a continuation. We just love audio. We love audio. Is what we're saying. We love listening. Yes. We love cheese, man. Yeah. 
and stories and talking and talk we love talking yes Absolutely. we are people that love oral histories that love talking love communicating love cheese yeah ethical and non-ethical all of, of all it. kinds all of it as an actor a producer and a proud latino father my days can get very busy which is why i make sure to dedicate time to what's important like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Absolutely. And speaking of unethical... Let's this next <laughs> this next figure has been making headlines again for very 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 different reasons. We're not putting them in the same camp, y'all. We're just saying headlines, okay? Yeah, for very different reasons. Um, George Santos. Ooh. I mean, where to begin? First of all, Bo and Yang has been killing the George Santos impersonations on SNL. Yes in and of itself becoming a pop culture phenomenon which is wild Mm -hmm. i'm like stop it i'm like yes but also stop it yeah you know it happened with trump and alec baldwin yes you know doing his impersonations and now everybody has a a trump impersonation Mm -hmm. that was kind of like a moment george santos is entering is in that that zone right now because now they have a dedicated cast member who is like doing george santos it's a thing And for those, just to give a little bit of background, right, who George Santos is, he's an American politician who recently served as the U.S. representative for New York 3rd's congressional district. From January to December of 2023, he was expelled from Congress on December 1st of 2023, making Santos the sixth person to be expelled in the history of the House. And he was expelled for ethical 
reasons, abuse of funds, using uh, money to for Botox. Love it. <laughs> Apparently OnlyFans subscriptions. OnlyFans. I mean, at least he's paying for his pornography. Yes. You know what I mean? Pay all sex workers. We support that. But not with public funds. Not with campaign funds. Not with funds. campaign funds. Yes. <laughs> Private dollars. Your dollars. Your personal bank account. Yes. But what's so wild is, you know, obviously this person is like a bad man, you know? Yes. He, bad like, politician. Yes. Not not serving the constituents. Scammed his way into office. I mean, he was elected. So to be clear, he was elected. But... Yeah, he, you know, is a Republican, very conservative, obviously not doing his work to represent his constituents. Yeah, but he's becoming kind of like a Cruella DeVille. Yes. Like kind of a pop culture villain. Yeah, like a gay icon. Like a gay icon. Everybody's like, you know what, why is George kind of cunty? <laughs> like everyone's asking, you know, and you were reading me a headline. Yes. Before we started recording about... HBO buying uh, rights to a story involving George Santos. So there is a rumor, allegedly, right, that this drag queen that performed in Brazil, which George Santos is of Brazilian descent, um, the drag queen is named Kitara Ravache. And this is allegedly the drag name of George Santos. Allegedly, George Santos and Kitara Ravache are the same person. So... According to them, magazine, HBO bought the rights to the story of Kitara. And so now they're asking, well, who's going to play George Santos? <laughs> and who's going to be cast? And will it be coming out? What's going to happen? Does this have legs? I mean, I don't know. I personally don't support him becoming a gay, gay icon. There are other people we can sure. make gay icons. Sure, sure, sure. That we can, you know, actually make a movie about. Yeah. But this is what's happening right now. Yeah, it's too late, I fear. It's too late. Yeah. The memes are memeing. And the drag Z-Way said you would be an iconic guest. It's and over. And she's going to be interviewing him on X. Yeah. So it's happening. It's too late. Yeah, it's happened. Like, if he became a guest judge on a future episode <gasps> of RuPaul, I would not be shocked. Yeah. Because there are queens doing George Santos drag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, think of the think of think of this, right? Just some some food for thought for our listeners, right? You have someone like George Santos who's a Republican who allegedly performed in drag at the same time. Yeah. We know this party is vilifying queer villainizing people. queer people, mm -hmm. passing policy against trans people, against queer people, children, um banning drag shows. Um not only that, but like like protesting outside of like drag brunch yes. and drag reading circles. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And not only protesting, but yes. also intimidating, like showing up yes. with weapons, yes. you know? Yes. Acts of aggression. There's like a real threat to the queer community now more than ever. There's always been, but especially now. So when we think about someone like George Santos and what his party is, is doing policy wise across the US, and then. We're going to make him a pop, a gay icon? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And there is something to be said about like, um, okay, so what if he what if he had done drag at Carnival in Brazil? Yeah, he should own it. Yes, I yeah. did do. I did do drag. And that is me. And it's interesting that that still is some type of a, a weapon or a bludgeon. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like it's dirt that they dug up about him. Absolutely. When it's not really dirt. You no. know, it's not a crime. It's not like 
a bad thing. Um, and so I think that that's also really fascinating. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, well, you were in drag. Right. right. You know, like that's the negative thing mm-hmm. that that they're trying to pin on him or say about him. And I mean, how would we know? Who would know? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But it is along the lines of what you're saying. You know, it's like, what are the things that are most salacious that are catching the most attention? Yes. It's like relating him back to, okay, to drag, to queerness, to performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. So George has been making news. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we see more of him. We hear no. more from him. I'm sure there's more. He's going to have more. a podcast. I know it. A talk show, a podcast. Yeah, someone is going to give him something. I don't doubt it. And you know what? Like, people have been putting together their compilations on TikTok, mm-hmm. right? Of, like, you know, like, 10 times George Santos was, like, iconic or, like, whatever. And I have to admit that he's kind of funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. th- like he's he's kind of a character. And so I think kind of like a Donald Trump, mm. like they're impersonating him. They are quoting him. They're putting together compilations of things that he says that people find hilarious. Mm. So I feel like those steps are part of a formula. Yeah. You know what I mean? We should just be ignoring them. Yes. We should just be ignoring them realistically. Right. Instead of making them the icons that they don't deserve to be. Yeah. They're too good for ratings. What I feel. Exactly. Because if you think about which we're going to get into right now, if you think about news and media and how it's corporations that own and money is involved, like it's ratings, mm-hmm. it's clicks. Mm-hmm. So he will get the views and he, people are going to write about him or pl- not platform him. People are going to uh, write about him, interview him and all of that. All of it. The whole thing. Um, and and on that note, Donald Trump is still in the news. How is this man still standing? He's never going to go away. No, he's a cucaracha, dude. Yeah, like, he's he never going to go away. He's never going to go away. So most recently, mm-hmm. Univision aired an interview with Donald Trump from the comfort of his Mar-a-Lago estate. Allegedly, the interview was organized, put together by Jared Kushner. And um, there are some Univision, like, storied, legendary anchors who are not having it and were very upset with the interview, with the way it was handled or not handled. Yeah. So on November 9th, Televisa News anchor was flown out from Mexico to, uh, his name is Enrique Acevedo, and he sat down with former president and, unfortunately, also leading candidate to win the nomination in the Republican primaries, like Mala mentioned, at his residence in Mar-a-Lago, Florida. And this was a special one-hour broadcast on Univision. So according to Variety, Variety um, put out an article, and um, that's where we're drawing a lot of our information today. Also, Jorge Ramos has a weekly column where he wrote about his thoughts on the interview. And so we're also going to be quoting Ramos and his column. And in the newest edition of his weekly column, at least at the time of this recording, he said that the interview put in doubt the independence of our news department and created discomfort and uncertainty within the newsroom. And it sounds like more than one journalist was upset about the way this was handled at Univision. Yeah, and you know, so much has happened since Trump not only was in office, but also was running for office, you know. So during his presidential campaign, to remind you some of the context, Trump called immigrants from Mexico drug dealers, criminals, rapists. This is not hyperbolic. This is actually what he said. And so, like, on the flip side, in this interview recently that he had with Acevedo, 
Trump said the leaders of Univision are unbelievable entrepreneurial people and they're like me. And it's important to note that because Univision has, uh, or one of the execs from Univision has a relationship with, like Mala mentioned, Jared Kushner. He is an acquaintance of Bernardo Gomez Martinez, who is a top executive of Televisa Univision, who helped arrange the interview. And I think the comment is interesting about the folks at Univision being entrepreneurial people because... You know, I it is it's private media. It's privately owned. Right. You know, these are private businesses, and um, in a way, he's not wrong. You know, and I think in a way that's why you have an interview like this one that is more about like, okay, we're gonna we're going to Mar-a-Lago. It's a Trump exclusive. Like only at Univision. Tune in. Like we're getting views. We're getting streams. We're making money. We're selling ad dollars. Right. And then the the longtime like news journalists in the newsroom are right. like, what are we doing here? Yeah, because I mean, the journalists are not the executives and the executives yeah. are always going to follow the bottom line. And just to go back, I wanted to, to clarify. So Grupo Televisa merged with Univision in early 2022. And Televisa is a Mexico based news conglomerate. And so, yes, like the execs are going to follow the dollar and the journalists have journalistic integrity and ethics and are going to ask questions. And that's really what's been the backlash since then. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate. Because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. 
We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Yeah. Um, and more from Ramos in his column, he elaborates, he says, we cannot normalize behavior that threatens democracy and the Hispanic community or offer Trump an open microphone to broadcast his falsehoods and conspiracy theories. We must question and fact check everything he says and does. That's why it's very dangerous to fail to confront Trump. And that's why it is our moral obligation to confront him every time there's a journalistic opportunity to do it. But I understand that not everyone agrees. And I open the debate here. I mean, I think he says it perfectly. Like, I couldn't say it better. You know, like, this is the issue with an interview like that with a presidential candidate like Donald Trump. Yeah. And and to be to 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 further like and elaborate, you know, he also is not saying we shouldn't interview him at all. It's how we interview him and how we decide we're going to broadcast him to our predominantly U.S. Latino audience. Um, And he further says, of course, we should not take sides. We are obliged to broadcast the messages of all candidates in the 2024 presidential election. But at the same time, we cannot surrender our responsibility to ask hard and precise questions. Absolutely. So I think it's interesting um, that Ramos, you know, he's a he's been around long enough and I think he's in a position where he can can. make these types of critiques, maybe um, a more junior journalist or anchor maybe wouldn't feel empowered to do so or have the platform since Ramos has his weekly column you know where it can house this type of critique I'm glad that he's able to do it he's faced issues though in the past for pressing Trump or pushing back against Trump yes he was at a press conference and he was pushing Trump on immigration and he was escorted out by security. Trump told him to go back to mm-hmm. Univision, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good like that's a really good note, because at the time, like, yeah, Univision was seen as like a maybe a more leftist, mm-hmm. not necessarily progressive, but maybe a more Democrat, dem- Democrat leaning news uh, or media outlet. And now it's like, oh, I'm going to sit down with Univision because they're great entrepreneurial people. Right. Yes. And they're 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 friendly to the him. flip. The flip mm-hmm. is happening. Right. And I think, you know, just an, another comment about Ramos, Jorge Ramos, is that he's been at Univision for 39 years and he actually left Televisa uh, in Mexico because he felt like one of his pieces was censored. And so that was one of the reasons he left Mexico, joined Univision. And so, like you said, like someone of his caliber can push back publicly and say the things out loud that other people are thinking. Yeah, he's put in his 10,000 hours. Was it was it Univision where Kevin DeLeon broke yes. his silence? Yes. Kevin DeLeon went to Univision when he first decided to break his silence about the Fed tapes. That's just also very interesting. Yes. Um, and he went to the Spanish language media outlet, and I think he also knew that he would get a certain amount of sympathy there. Yeah. It would be a friendlier interview, and I think it was. It was. And Jorge Ramos didn't interview him. You know no. what I mean? And neither, like, Trump wouldn't sit down with Jorge Ramos. We know that. There's a reason they picked a journalist from Televisa in Mexico yeah. to interview him. Like, yeah. he was picked by the execs to interview him. Yeah. yeah. And... As 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 you said, Ramos has demonstrated that he will he will ask the hard questions of Donald Trump specifically, even if it means he's getting kicked out of the room. Right. You know, and um, uh, Ramos is not the only anchor at Univision who has expressed you know concern or upset 
about the Trump interview, it seems to have rocked the entire Univision newsroom with Leon Krause, another top news anchor, announcing that he would be leaving the network. Right. So, I mean, it's always good to see, you know, like journalists like standing by their ethics and standing their grounds, especially when it comes to like, this is our second rodeo with this guy at this point yeah. and, and at the, the highest office in the country. You know, this is not like small, small potatoes. Right. Like this is a big deal. And we already saw the way that Latinos, we already saw like how Latinos are will show up for him yes. and vote for him. Like, it's not like it hasn't already happened. You know, there are like enough Latinos for Trump that I think we we held a certain amount of responsibility yes. round one in getting him elected. Yeah. And I don't necessarily see us slowing down with that regard. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I wanted to also reference this article that came out earlier today, the day that we're recording, actually by The New Yorker, um, Gerardo Cadaver wrote um, about this Donald Trump Donald Trump's Latino campaign, right? And how it's like the campaign begins. He's going to try mm -hmm. to win the the valuable Latino vote that everybody talks about each election, right? And he said something that I don't necessarily agree with, but I think that it's important to talk about. He said, we're focusing on Univision when we should be focusing on Trump. Like, what is Trump actually saying and what are his policies? Mm -hmm. The more that we focus on Univision and what they did wrong the more he's like able to do whatever he wants. Sure, I think sure. there is some truth in that, but I don't think that means we shouldn't critique one of like the leading U.S. Latino Spanish language news media, mm -hmm. right? And he gave this example of, you know, Latinos were really upset when the CEO of Goya was at the White House that Trump invited him to and everybody was boycotting. Actually, their sales increased. Mm -hmm. Like the boycott didn't really make a difference. Mm -hmm. People, you may have boycotted, we boycotted, but like it didn't really make a difference. And so he argues with that, like the more we focus on that, we're mm -hmm. not actually looking at the real problem and right. Trump is still going to be in office. I think we can do both. But I did think that that was an interesting point that he raised. Yeah, it's sort of like on some level, um, Univision is going to interview anybody who's running for office, like no matter who it is, mm -hmm, yeah. you know, so like there's that. And if it's somebody like making making big waves and making a big fuss like out in the world, like they're going to interview that person, right, right. you know, Um and that person, I think, and I think it's interesting because the critiques are coming from inside of Univision, which I think is so important. Yes. You know, I think the public, we will always have critiques of how news is handled. But the folks on the inside who are on the payroll are not always the ones right. criticizing their own network. And also from Variety, um, they kind of gave an example of why Ramos speaking out is important that Ramos's challenge of Univision is the equivalent of Nora O'Donnell or Lester Holt taking a public issue with coverage produced by CBS News or NBC News. You just don't see it happening, right, right. you know? It's true, you don't. I mean, even like us as the public, but also other media outlets have been critiquing Univision. I saw a whole MSNBC segment on the Rachel Maddow show where she was talking about the ties between Televisa and Jared Kushner and how Jared Kushner was actually awarded a medal in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So we're not the only ones taking notice. There are also other media outlets that are noticing because I think people always recognize, people continue to recognize how powerful the Latino vote could be if we actually harness it. Yeah. And so I, there, I think that there is a scare here. Like, mm -hmm. okay, if Univision is being lenient, 
with the man that called immigrants from Mexico rapists, Mm -hmm. like, what does that say for the upcoming presidential election? So I think there is a real fear here, which is why it's not only us, like, us as in, like, the public, us that that watch news, but also, like, the internal structure, the internal journalists at Univision and also people in news outside of Univision. Yeah. And I think as always, like, we talk about here um where we as voters or just as a public if we identify with this latinidad if we identify as being part of it where are we placing our outrage where are we placing our our attention and our focus and is it on the important things that we have the ability to impact right if we're and and so that critique about getting mad at univision versus getting mad at donald trump it's like if we're um directing our anger towards the journalist or towards the network but that's not going to change the fact that donald trump like our folks are going to vote for him right you know what i mean should we be talking about voter drives and campaign information and education and what is the alternative candidate that we're providing for our voters like who else who can we show them that's better Mm -hmm. that's more enticing to them that is actually going to inspire them to action. Yeah. I don't think we've come up with that person. No, I mean and you that's know? that's like we've talked about in the last the last during the last election I think or we've just been talking about this ongoing like the Democratic Party has continued to like fail the Latino community in terms of outreach, in terms of inclusion, in terms of creating actual organic relatable content to reach Latino voters, you know. And I wanted to also pull these stats from ABC News. They did a report, of course, on the the Latino vote. And so they shared some data that I think is really important to keep in mind. About 34.5 million Hispanic Americans will be eligible to vote in the 2024 election, making Latinos the fastest growing racial and ethnic group in the U.S. electorate since the last midterm elections. And this data is pulled from Pew Research Research Center. I I will also say that you know, the, unfortunately, the Latino community, we haven't produced any viable candidates. I was I was team um, Julian Castro. I, I was yeah. totally like, yes, I'm on board. Yeah, I think he's the la- he's the he only was, one yes. in recent years and mes- recent memory who yeah. had a chance and who was like a decent candidate. Well, it's also not just us producing. Like, there's also so many things at play with, like, who the establishment actually backs, who they're willing to give their support to. You know, when once Biden threw his hat in the ring, like, the established Democrats were not going to not support him, right? So that's also something that that goes against, like, producing a Latino candidate. Yeah. I, I also, like, you know, we just, Latinos have never necessarily voted as, like, one solid voting block right because we can't we can't it's just too diverse we're talking about 20 countries yeah Yeah. we're too different and and so i think it further speaks to like you know i think we're always having these conversations about what is latinidad what does it really mean what is a latino community how do you measure it how do you track it what do we care about what are our interests like Mm -hmm. you know um so i think we'll just continue to have these conversations and all of these things have an impact on the way that we vote and then who ends up you know representing us yeah i mean next year 2024 season nine is also 
the president it's also the election year I can't it's presidential it. election again year. we we have been documenting these elections girl Constantly. since the beginning of locatora it's ridiculous like locatora is like in part our inception is because of trump being elected like Yum. everybody was organizing everybody was like we need to create something we need to document mm-hmm. and i would say we fell under that mm-hmm. and then we lived through 2020 we lived through that election we documented that we had an episode called unpacking the latino vote yeah we produced a latinas in politics series like mm-hmm. we have been following all things political and voting since locatora started yeah and i think well season nine obviously will be no different yeah with like such a big presidential election yeah at stake i mean we we have a nuri martinez <laughs> interview <laughs> we do in our back catalog we do like says hernandez mm-hmm. you know when she was campaigning she was on our podcast so i don't know if you're if you want to be any if you want any chance of being the who's who of Latino politics, you need to look at the radio interview. Why did I know on you were your say that? on your campaign stop? You need to stop by and talk to us. We have a track record. We do have a track record, but we 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 don't interview everyone. You know? No, we, we only can't. winner, only no, winners. Okay, no, stop. <laughs> we only interview winners on no. this podcast. No, we interview people that are aligned. With what we see and what we think our community sees. We do our best. We do our best. We do our best. Yes. We missed the mark on Nuri. We didn't know at the time. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. It was a long time ago. We didn't know, but. Nothing had happened at that point. Nothing had happened. There were no, no, like, signs. She was doing, at the time, was doing, like, some initiatives to get Latinas, like, get them in the pipeline to, like, run for office. So we Mm -hmm. were like, cool. And then, also, I have to add when the city council the the leak the fed tapes were leaked we came on and we did an episode about it you know? we did right away right immediately we called an emergency studio session we, we came in at night like late we were like we have this has to be the next episode mm-hmm. because we knew it we it had to be right so yeah. we also do our follow-ups when we get it wrong you yeah know? yeah so check out that episode with odilia <laughs> romero of cielo org she goes in. She says everything that needs to be said. Yes. Just go listen to that interview. I think a follow up though is also like the Chingona Industrial Complex. Yes. That's like listen to yes, that yes, one yes, 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 and yes. then listen to the Chingona Industrial Complex after. Yeah. That yeah. was from last season. Yeah. There were some good episodes last season. I mean every season, but mm-hmm. as I'm thinking back, like yes. Well, you know, as things happen in the world, if if things are like calm and cute, then like I think the episodes reflect that. Yeah. When things go off, then I think we try and we try and cover it. When there's chaos, we are there. We're there. We will cover with it. With a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we're not in the field reporters. No. We come into the studio, but we do it. But we're watching. We're, we're watching, watching in the field. Yes. 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 Well, as always, talk to your families, y'all. Like, <laughs> you got to talk to that Trump supporter, Theo, Thea, somebody. Like, No. Get out there. Get active. Um, Make sure your families are registered to vote. Yes. You can do it by mail. Like, I just, my dad was not registered to vote in our district. And I mm. was like, what are you doing? So I read, I, I did his DMV thing. I got him, like, his voter registration. So now he actually oh, votes great. in our district. Because I'm like, that's cool. You were a stakeholder in this other district, but you don't live there. You have to vote over here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here we are now. So, yes, check in on your families, especially the older folks. Like, make sure they're registered to vote. Talk to them about disinformation. There's so many amazing resources out there. Yeah. Unidos does a lot for, like, 
uh, mobilizing voters, especially in the Latino community. So there's a lot of resources out there. I feel like people put out voter guides every year. Yes. As well. LAist always has a good one that I follow. They're like a more progressive voter guide for LA specifically. If you're not sure, there's so many things on a ballot. Yes. And um, Knock LA has also yeah. does a voter guide. They're like a more like abolitionist, anarchist type of voter guide. So yeah, also a good one. Also a good one. It's it's. I feel like in my house, what we always do, I've talked about this on the show before, but like me and my mom will sit down and we kind of like, okay, what are we voting on? Yes, we do that too. And then we're like, okay, guys, this is what we're voting on. If you would like to follow, you know, we vote as a block, we vote as a household. Yeah. That's so like maybe one person is looking things up and then this is why we're doing it, et cetera, et cetera. That's what we do. And then one year I had to do it all in Spanish for my dad Mm. and I was like, oh my god this is really hard so mad respect to all the translators that are also working truly on the campaigns so important and if you don't have one on your team you need one so important yeah hell yeah well there you go that's um that's that that's <laughs> another episode of locatora radio thank you so much for tuning in thank you for tuning in we'll catch you next time besitos, besitos. Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, is executive produced and hosted by me, Mala Munoz, and Diosa Femme. Story editing by me, Diosa. Audio editing by Stephanie Franco. Thank you to our locamores, our listeners, for all of your support. chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen and with resi priority notify and global dining access through my amex platinum card right this way it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex what the world needs now is positivity connecting relating and being human together is where it's at hi there honey german and i know life happens but trust you got this and stay from got us It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.